Whether a date night or family holiday outing, Meadowlark's Winter Walk of Lights is the perfect way to experience the magic of the holidays. The half-mile walk through Vienna's enchanting Meadowlark Botanical Gardens features lighted nature themes and sparkling displays. Get your tickets now at winterwalkoflights.com. Extend your holiday season and beat the rush with a weeknight visit in November or early December. Plan your visit and buy tickets at winterwalkoflights.com. That's winterwalkoflights.com. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, the People's Bishop and pastor of Harvest Church. We exist to lead people to totally love God, love people, and love life as one church in global locations. Find out more on our website at www.harvestchurch.church or get our app by texting the word HARVEST to the number 55498. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Now, here's today's life-giving message. Y'all ready? Say, I'm ready. Let's say it together. I'm in my year of jubilee. I'm expecting celebration, emancipation, and restoration every day in Jesus' name. Amen. God, speak to us now. Lord, we are open and we already have your way in us tonight. And we will give you the glory forever and ever 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 and ever. We cast our cares on you tonight, knowing that you care for us in Jesus' name. Lift your hands for eight seconds and give your God great worship. Go. Eight. We bless you, sir. Seven. Come on, Wednesday. I need to hear you. Six. In this building and online. Five. Four. Three. Two. Somebody shout hallelujah. Grab a seat. Let's go to work. So this series all this month is called How to Be Great. And great has several definitions I've been teaching you all this month. Number one, it means above normal or average. Somebody say, I'm not average. Come on, say this with authority. Say, I'm not normal. Uh-huh, God, God did not create you to be average. He did not create you to be normal. He created you to be above normal and above average in three areas. Your abilities. You have abilities that transcend the regular. This is why some people give you a tough time because your abilities exceed, you ready for this? Your education. Mm. For many of you, watch me, you are way beyond what a degree was able to do for you. And I'm not knocking a degree, but your abilities, watch me, do not match your abilities. Uh, or, or, your abilities do not match your background. That means you have an above normal or above average ability, quality, or distinction. When you do something, you do it with quality. When you do something, you do it with distinction. There's something different about you. Come on, touch somebody close to you and say, there's something different about you. There's something different. You are not like everybody else, which is why everybody tries to talk about you for being different. But what they don't understand is that your difference is why God continues to do amazing things through you. See, when you're not like everybody else, you get to live like everybody else does not get to live. I'm so excited you're not sitting to a, next to a regular person. I'm so excited you're not streaming next to a regular person. But there's greatness that's on them and there's greatness that's in them. Speak it Wednesday, say greatness is on me and greatness is in me. And then number two means wonderful, then first rate, not just good, but very good. It means remarkable in your degree, in your power or your intensity. Degree infers thermostats. It infers a temperature, which means when you show up, things get hot. What do you mean? When you show up, the temperature increases. When you show up, things increase in what their value is. Hear me. Do not let cold people try to make you like them when you're created to make it hot. Come on, y'all. I need you to elbow somebody next to you and say, don't let them make you cold. Don't let them make... 
You're not cold in your work. You're not cold in your love. You're not cold in your serving. You're not cold in your giving. You have to be careful that you don't think you're supposed to be like the cold people and recognize the cold people are supposed to come up to your level of heat. It's the remarkable in your degree, your power. When you speak, there's power. When you talk, there's power. This is why you intimidate people and you're trying to figure out why am I intimidating you? It's because there's something great about the way you do what you do. You're so great when you walk, people get intimidated. Good God. When you walk into the room, people get intimidated. When you look around, people get intimidated. And I need some of you to be okay with the fact that when you are great, you will offend good that doesn't want to get better. And when you are great, you're going to offend bad that does not want to come up. And this means many times you're going to feel like you're isolated, lonely, and by yourself. But hear me, part of the feat of greatness is that you're going to stand out and sometimes you're going to have to stand by yourself. But I'd rather be great and stand by myself than be good and stand with a crowd. I, you better take yourself to the movies sometime. You better take yourself out to eat sometime because greatness isn't free. Greatness has a fee. And part of that fee means everybody ain't going to like it. But I need to make sure I'm in the building with some people tonight that say, I don't care if everybody else don't like it. As long as God is pleased, I... I don't have the level of faith that I need in the building. Please touch somebody close to you. Say, there's greatness all over you. There's... Woo, come on, come on. Touch somebody else. Say, there's greatness all over you. It's remarkable in degree, power, or intensity. It means superior. And whenever you're superior, that means you're going to find your way to the top. Even if you try to find, try to step back or get to the bottom. For many of you, you got to hear me. Even when you try to hide, your greatness won't let you hide. I want to speak to those of you that you've been running for God from years. You've been running from serving. You've been running from your calling. You've been running from your assignment. Can I tell you, your assignment is so great that God will not let you run. Because even when you try to run, he never lets you hide. I want to talk to those of you where you tried to hide in the club and you still stood out. I I don't like you liars in here. I want to talk to those of you where you tried to hide amongst your family folks and you still stood out. You tried to hide amongst people you went to school with and you still stood out. Would you touch somebody close to you? Please say greatness is all over you. Say greatness is all in you. This word great appears over 1,100 times in the Bible, which means this is a significant principle that we see. All of these definitions of great infer this. They infer leading. Everybody say leading. Now, Sunday I taught you how to be a great leader because just like Abraham and Jabez, you're a leader whether you know it or not. Say, I'm a leader whether I know it or not. All right, now pay attention. What is a leader? Because some of you say, Bishop Foreman, I am not a leader. Yes, you are. Encourage the person next to you. Say, you're a leader whether you know it or not. You're... And if they didn't say that in an authoritative, affirming way, don't say nothing else to them, the rest of the church. Look at somebody else and tell them, say, you're a leader whether you know it or not. Please give me what I need. So what does this mean? What is a leader? A leader is an influencer. This means that people will see you and be influenced by what you do and be influenced by what you say, which means an influencer doesn't even have to directly tell you what they're doing. You'll just catch the clues. This is why many people, watch me, you know you're an influencer because they never say anything to compliment you. They just imitate you. You always get more looks than you get likes. But have you ever noticed that the people that don't say nothing quoting your stuff like it's theirs? Oh, maybe that's just me because I know they have it. They do it all the time. They quoting your stuff like they the ones that said it. They replaying your stuff like they the ones that said it. Imitation is the greatest form of flattery, which says you influenced me so much I had to try to take your greatness and pretend like it was mine. Right? It means an initiator. You're the one that sets it off. See, you, watch me. You're such a leader that everybody else is sitting back waiting on you to set something off. What is your family waiting on you to set off? You sitting back waiting on Maria to do it. And watch me. The family waiting on you. You sitting back waiting on other people to do it. And they're waiting on you to do it. You're the initiator. You're the fire starter. You're the one that when something needs to change, everybody looks to you. And let me prove it to you. They will try to not act like they're looking to you until there's a crisis and when there's a crisis everybody say well what you see we say we need to do which tells me you don't want to act like I'm the one that's leading but when there's a crisis I'm the first one you run to. I 
Where are the people in this building and online that know that you're the initiator? You're, you're the one that has to bring things in order. You're the one that has to shut gossip down. You're the one that has to get people together. You're the one that has to check certain people. Say, I'm a leader. Whether I know it or not. It means a trailblazer. A trailblazer is one that goes before other people to clear the trail. If the trail isn't cleared, that means you're going to have to fight through a lot of rough terrain. When you're a trailblazer, listen to me, your life is rougher than everybody else's. When you're a trailblazer, you have to deal with problems that other people never have to deal with because you dealt with it. Watch me. Solomon never had to deal with a Goliath. Why? David did. I don't like the way y'all not talking. And for many of you, because you're such a trailblazer, there are things that you had to knock out, things that you had to handle so that somebody else would never have to handle it. Listen to me, some of you parents, you killed poverty so your children will never know what it is to be broke. Y'all not going to talk to me? Watch me. You kill bad relationships so your daughter is never going to have to see what a trifling... Okay. Your son is never going to have to see what a trifling... Please open your mouth and say, I'm the trailblazer. I, a front runner. What does this mean? That even if you're not running hard, you always find yourself being the front runner. People always think that you're the one. This is why people will call you, have you considered this? Have you looked at this? Are you thinking about this? And you're like, I ain't thinking about none of that. It's because the greatness that's on you always pulls you to be the front. And check this out. When you're the front runner, it doesn't matter how many people are running, you are always going to find yourself at the front. You're always going to find yourself as the head, not the tail, above, only, never beneath. You're the pioneer, which means you try things other people are too scared to try. I want to thank God for everybody in this building and online where you know you're the first one in your community, first one in your family, first one in your bloodline, first one in your city. While everybody else is scared, you were like, well, let me try it. I want the, all the people that are pioneers Everybody can't release this praise, but every pioneer in this building and online on three, release what the sound of a pioneer sounds like. One, two, three, go. Oh, we sound different. We clap different. We walk different. We talk different. We move different. Why? We'll try it because we're not scared of failure. We'll try it. Because we're not scared of not, it not going the way we desire for it to go. Fist bump somebody on your way to your seat. Say, there's a pioneer in you. Everybody else scared, but you like, well, let's try. Everybody else says it's not going to work. You were like, well, let's pick up the phone and call and see. Everybody else said, we'll never be able to get that. You walk in there like you own that. I, mm, God, I need faith. People in the building. Please elbow somebody and say, you're the pioneer. Say it again. Say, you're the pioneer. Then you're the captain. What does the captain mean? That any team you find yourself on, people will always look to you. Why is this important to understand? Because when you really, the real leaders don't like to be looked to. The real leaders don't like to be looked to up front. The real leaders, the real leaders, watch me, they're the quiet ones on the meeting. The one that's doing all this talking can't lead themselves out of a paper bag. Who knows what I'm talking about? Wave at him. Y'all, everybody in here, everybody online with the majority of us, you got that person that every meeting, blah, 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 just running their mouth. Watch me. And they never get anything done. And who does your supervisor come to? You. Why? Because you're the leader. You're the one that gets things done. And quiet as it's kept, you're more of a captain than your captain. Come on. Say, there's a leader in me. So, 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 if there's a leader in you, why are we talking about this? Because greatness is God's promise to us. I've been showing you this scripture, Genesis 12 and 2. It says, I will make you a great nation. Come on here. I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you abundantly, and I will make your name great, which means exalted and distinguished, which means your name will always rise to the top. Your name will be distinguished, which means anytime your name is mentioned, it won't be mentioned with the people who failed. Your name will be mentioned with the people who won. 
Your name will be distinguished. He says, and you shall be a source of blessing and great good to others. Three greats in one verse. Now you say, Bishop, how in the world does this apply to me? How in the world does this apply to me? Well, Galatians 3.29 teaches this. And anybody that is a believer in the Lord, that God's promise to Abraham say it belongs to me. So let's read Genesis 12 and 2 with the understanding that it's really talking about you. Here's what I love about God. He made you this promise before your mama ever met your daddy, which means it doesn't matter where you were born, who you were born to, or what you were born in. None of that matters because the promise predated all of it. I'm going to say it again because you didn't hear me. The promise predated, watch me, even your screw-ups. The promise predated your mess-ups. The promise predated your mistakes. I don't know about you, but I can be honest about the fact I have not done everything right. I have not been squeaky clean all my life. In fact, if it had not been for the goodness of the Lord, I would not. Where are the real people in here that can tell the truth that if it wasn't for God on your side, you would have been dead and gone and lost your mind a long time ago. But touch somebody next to you, please. Say, God has made a promise to you. It predated the divorce. It predated the bankruptcy. It predated you marrying Ike. It predated you marrying a dummy. It predated you doing stupid stuff. It predated your conviction. Y'all ain't going to talk. It predated your little run-in with the law. It pre it, the promise predated because he makes this promise in Genesis 12 too. And you're not even, watch me, you're not even in the earth, but you're on his mind. Why? Because the Bible, I want to preach now. The Bible says in Jeremiah, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. Which means before you ever got a body, you were here. So life did not begin at conception. Life predates conception. Conception is only the manifestation of my existence, which existed before conception was ever thought of. I was a spirit with God before I ever got a body. And God knew me before I ever came to the earth. So when I got to the earth, watch me, my assignment was to reconcile people back to the God that they were with before they ever got to the earth. Which means God made you this promise because you were on his mind, but watch me, before you were ever in time. Now why is that good news? Don't let what happens in time make you miss the promise that predated time. Wednesday, good God. Please look at somebody and say, this promise is to you. And I will make you a great nation. Say, that's me. What does that mean? Everything attached to you will be great. Your credit will be great. Your body will be great. Your finances will be great. Your outlook on life will be great. People will come around you and just say, you're just grand, ain't you? Grand is a word for everything great. Watch me. And even the areas where you feel like you're not that great compared to everybody else, you great. Oh, my God. Watch me. He says, I'm going to make you a great nation and I will bless you. Who's he talking to? Not just a little bit. God says, I don't just need you to have enough blessing. Watch me for you. I'm not just filling you up so that you got enough for you. Mm -mm. I'm going to fill you up. Watch me. So that you're the one that pours into the others. I'm going to bless you abundantly. Watch me so that you can fill up everybody else's. And for some of y'all, you got to hear me. God did not create you to live from paycheck to paycheck. He did not create you for you to be stressing and struggling about money. He did not create. Now, you may go through a valley, but watch me. That valley is over. I, I pray that every person where you've been in the midst of any type of transitional valley, that that valley would come to its conclusion. And that I pray that your valley would be known as a valley of Barak, a valley of blessing, which means even in the midst of the valley, somebody say, blessing is coming out of this. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you abundantly. I will make your name great. Let's stop right here. God says he will make your name great, which means he will make sure that when people see your name, they're going to have to put some respect on it. That's how he said it. That's how Birdman said it. They're going to have to put some respect on your name, not respect. He said respect, which means even if they hate you, even if they don't like you, they still gonna have to say sir to you. I know this. Even if they don't like you, they still gonna have to respect you. Even if they don't like you, watch me, they're still gonna have to pretend like they do like you. Why? Because when God makes your name great, he'll make people honor you. He'll make people respect you. Is there anybody in the building or online besides me where you've watched God take people who you know were talking about you? 
who you know were trying to set you up to fail, who you know were trying to do you dirty, and he made them honor your name. And I will make your name great. You will be exalted and distinguished. And you shall be a blessing, a, a, a source of great good to others. All of this is to you. Say, this is talking to me. But what have I taught you over the last few messages? That greatness isn't free. Greatness has a fee. Lay your hands on yourself. Say, pay up already. Psalm 71 and 20 reveals the fee. It says, you have allowed me to experience much trouble or great trouble. See, the greater your greatness, the greater your trouble. Let me tell you why some of us are so excited about our future. It's because our trouble was an introduction to the greatness that has been prepared for our... You don't send all of that against one man unless there's something that one man is getting ready to do that's great. And I just need to make sure, because some of y'all look a little confused about your greatness. I'm going to give you an opportunity to wipe confusion off your face. I need you to touch the person next to you and say, I know you're great because you've gone through some great trouble. Say, the greatness of your trouble reveals the greatness of your greatness. And Wednesday, if I were you, I would not wait until the battle is over. If I were you, I'd shout now. If I were you, I'd praise him now. If I were you, I'd give him glory now. Come on, come on, fist bump somebody and say, you're great, you're great, you're great. Watch me. He says, much trouble or great trouble. He says, and distress. So the fee for greatness, it, watch me, your trouble matches the level of your triumph. David, why are you fighting Goliath and you're a little boy? Because in the spirit, you ain't no little boy. In the spirit, as a little 14 to 16 year old boy, you, you are a king. Which means you will deal with the king's battles. This is why for many of you, you've been dealing with grown people problems since you were a little girl. You've been up with grown people issues since you were a little boy. Okay, y'all ain't gonna talk? Why have you been dealing with problems that seemingly transcended the level of your age or your maturity? Is because since your spirit, watch me, your spirit has no age. And since your spirit has the, that's why the Bible says the wages of sin is death. Why? Because I predated my dating. I predated my living, which means the, 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 the wages of sin is death, which means the life that I lived before I ever got a body has to come to a conclusion. You ready? So, so what does this mean? What does this mean? So, so while you think you're 30-something, while you think you're 40-something, your spirit predates your chronological disposition, which means God said the reason you know what to do in this and you've never had any schooling for this is because when you were with me, I taught you what to do in this. This is why when I drop you in the water, you know how to swim. This is why when I put you on the tree, you know how to climb. This is why when I put you in a mess, you know how to come out. This he says, you, uh, you will experience much trouble, much distress. But then watch what the psalmist says. Revive me once again. Which means the price for his greatness felt like it killed him. And what have I been teaching you? It did. It killed the inferior version of himself. Then he says, bring me up once again from the depths of the earth. Meaning not only did it feel like it killed me, but it felt like it buried me. It felt overwhelming. Can I say this to you? Whenever you feel overwhelmed, this is an indication that greatness is about to emerge. Let, let me see. Let me see if I can help. 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 Come here. Let me see if I can help. All right, get those shoes. Get the, the, hold on, let me do an infomercial. Stop by the Harvest store and get your custom Harvest slides. Them junkers are comfortable. I started to wear them to church. I don't know what size you need. We'll get you. We'll get you. All right. Get you. Let's make you. We get whatever you need. Whatever you need. Whatever you want. We got it. Okay. All right. No, no, no. Okay. Okay. You hold all that. You hold all that. Okay. Hey, get these boxing gloves. Come on. Give them those. Give them those. Come on. Come on. All right. All right. Come on. Get this belt. Uh-huh. And get this too. Get, the, get that chain. All right. Come on. Get the, get, pick them letters up. Come on. Y'all going to get it. Touch your neighbor. Say, we're going somewhere. Because I want to show you. I need to show you something. Let me show you something. Let me show you something. Okay. This is how some of y'all feel. And what you're missing in feeling overwhelmed, 
you carrying the belt. You carrying the gold medal. I'm not talking and I don't like it. You're missing the fact that while greatness isn't free, I've been paying the fee for greatness and part of that fee means I got some fruit and some rewards to show. Would you tell somebody next to you, say, you got fruit to show. You got, yeah, you feel overwhelmed, but I bet you got it done, didn't you? You feel like you're not making it, but I bet you're doing better than most. You feel like things aren't going in your direction. Okay, now watch me. Now, 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 don't tear my letters up. Just put those down. But now, okay, you stand right here. Stand right here. Stand right here. All right, throw the glove at him. Throw, throw the glove at him. Throw it at him. Throw it at him. Throw the other glove at him. Okay, watch me. Watch me. See, here's what life does. It's throwing things. You ready? That it comes at you so fast, sometimes you're not prepared to catch it. All right, all right. Th throw the cleats at him. No, but I mean, you know, it's okay. He'll be all right. He's former military. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. Right, he'll be all right. Now toss all that to him at the same time. Toss all of that at the same time. Whatever you drop, don't drop the... See, some of y'all, you're getting overwhelmed by the little stuff. I just need you to make sure, don't drop the championship. You're too close now to forfeit. You've made too much progress to give up. Lay your hands on yourself and say, there's greatness in you. Every promise with God has a process with God. Promises have process. So what does Psalm 71, 21 say? It says, you will increase my greatness. Say, there's levels to this. You don't arrive, and this is the problem with American culture in particular. Perhaps it's everywhere, but I live in America, so perhaps, uh, perhaps it's everywhere, so I can only speak to the, the culture in which I am aware. Watch me. Is that Americans think they arrived. You have met somebody that was average, but they just knew? Come on, y'all. It's pervasive in this city. I ain't seen more average arrogance. Not you. But, but touch your neighbor and say, we both know somebody. They just walk around with they behind in the air and just ain't even got no behind. I'm just trying to just. It's a Wednesday. Come on, have fun in church. Have fun in church. They walk around just arrogant and just, watch me, watch me. We never arrive. Why? Because every level of greatness you hit, God is like, all right, let's level up. And once you hit that level, okay, let's level up. I want some of you to know it's okay that when you get certain things and reach certain places, it's okay that while everybody else says, you should just be satisfied, that you say, I'm grateful, but I'm not because I know that there is more and I refuse to settle. For those of us in the building, there's no line to say, I refuse to settle. Can you just say it? Say, I refuse to settle. If I know there's another level of greatness, why would I settle here when I know that there's another level that's available? And look at me. This is not just material things. See, there's levels of greatness, watch me, even in your forgiveness. You ready? Because, see, you can say, I'm great at forgiving. People do not offend me. I am good. I am good. But, see, there, once you get to certain levels of greatness in your forgiveness, you learn how to pre-forgive. See? What is pre-forgive? Pre-forgiveness means I anticipated you doing this. So, so that this wouldn't stop me or block me, I have already decided in advance to be like Jesus. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do, which means I can't let you hurt me. Why? Because I've come too far to be stuck in my emotions in the midst of this moment. Somebody say, there's levels to this. You will increase my greatness and comfort me. What's the key word here? Again. Which means part of the fee for greatness is that greatness isn't comfortable. But listen to this line. Here's tonight. But greatness requires confidence. How do you feel confident in something you're not comfortable in? How are you supposed to be confident in something you're not You ever had on an outfit that you weren't comfortable in and so it was kind of messing with your confidence a little bit? You was kind of just, look, come on, y'all. You was kind of like, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> 
You weren't sure if something was going, you know, you didn't know what was going on. And so you're just like, hey, 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 come on over here. Oh, I'm good. I'm just good. I'm good. I'm right over here. Come over here. Hey, text me. For many of you, this is your challenge. Is that God says you got to be confident and everything in your life right now is not comfortable. I'm done. I'm going to preach to my online family. I know I'm not the only one. Is there anybody else in the building or online besides me where you are having to be confident, but right now it's a lot going on in your life that is not comfortable? So what's the antithesis of comfortable? It's uncomfortable. What does that mean? Causing discomfort or annoyance. Shut your mouth. Which means this is really annoying. How many had somebody happen, something happen today that annoyed you? Okay. So, so don't you notice that once you get annoyed, you kind of forget what you were doing? You get so annoyed, you forgot the whole project you were working on. Then got up, went in the kitchen, done something totally different, and came back and sat back down, and I don't even know what I was doing. Because when you're annoyed, watch me, it takes your attention. So how can I be confident when I'm not focused? Then it means, watch me, an irritation. Irritation means um, I don't like the way this feels. And normally when you're irritated, you keep itching. You keep picking at. You keep messing with. Because when something is an irritant, watch me, it, it's kind of like a pearl, how a pearl develops in an oyster. A pearl, which is very valuable, pay attention to the revelation, it develops in an oyster, but it only develops because it's an irritant. It irritates the oyster. So the oyster begins to secrete a liquid that begins to coat and cover the irritant. So what irritated now feels comfortable. Let me see if I can say it another way. Which means it learns to live with its irritation, and what irritates it makes it more valuable. What if there's some things that God is letting irritate you and you keep saying, Lord, take it away, Lord, take it away. And God is like, this is your come up. If you learn how to deal with this, this is going to make you a millionaire. If you learn how to deal with this, this is what's going to get your family safe. If you learn how to deal with this, this is what's going to change your life. Please elbow somebody and say, deal with it, deal with it, deal with it. So, so it, uncomfortable, causing discomfort or annoyance. So then what's discomfort? It's feeling uneasy. I'm like, I don't really know. I don't really know. Then, then anxious. You're so anxious. You're just anxious. You're anxious. You're anxious. You can't even sleep because you're anxious. You can't even think right because you're anxious. You can't even focus because you're anxious. You're like, how is this going to go? How is this going to happen? I'm not, I'm not sure. I thought I, I needed more time to get this done. I need no more time to prepare for this. I, I would prefer if it was like this. Hear me. God will put you in situations where you feel uneasy and where you feel anxious. Watch me. And this is the cost of greatness. Look at me. He don't care nothing about your little plan. He don't care nothing about your little schedule. He don't care nothing about your little agenda. What you mean he don't care? I thought he cares about me, but so he cares about you. But your plans, watch me, are subject to executive override. And for some of y'all, that's what you're in the midst of right now, an executive override where God says, yes, I told you to make a plan. Yes, I told you to make a vision. Watch me so that I could change it. I needed you to give me something to work with so that you learn how to plan and prepare because faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, which means if you don't have a plan, you don't have hope because you don't have anything that you're preparing for. But I'm going to take what you planned and I'm going to say, that's cute, that's cute, that's cute, that's nice, but let's make it greater. Please touch the person next to you. Say, what God is doing right now is making it greater. So you had a plan to do this, and God is like, let's make this thing great. You just wanted to sell one song. God said, I want you to be the top-selling artist. You, you, Feeling uneasy, anxious. Look at this next one. Or embarrassed. You know what the most difficult part of being uncomfortable is? is that you will feel embarrassed based on things nobody else even saw. Some of y'all are embarrassed about stuff ain't nobody even paying attention to. And you'll be like, everybody saw it. People are like, what are you talking about? Because if you can get focused on the things that feels like it's embarrassing you, it'll cause you to evade the level of greatness you're supposed to get to. Because what happens when you're embarrassed? You ready? You run. What happens when you're embarrassed? You shut down. 
What happens when you're embarrassed? You disappear. And for some of y'all, we got to get that spirit up off of you tonight in the building and online. Why? Because you keep running. You're like, I don't know why I run. I don't know why I give up. I don't know why I quit. It's because embarrassment has got you thinking people see what they don't even see. And frankly, if they did see it, let them see it because this is about to be part of my testimony. I God, I need faith. People in this building, I pray that tonight the spirit of embarrassment come off of you. That you would not be afraid to look bad. You would not be afraid to be embarrassed, but that you would be a faith walker. And you would know that God is going to back you up and that if God be for you, who would dare be against you? Touch somebody next to you. Say, you will not be embarrassed. Come on, touch the second person. Say, you will not be embarrassed. Online, you type it. Touch a third person in the building and say, you will not be embarrassed. So then, here's his last definition. Awkward. 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 This is awkward. It's awkward. Like awkward. Like awkward. Like, like, you know, if I was to get behind the drum cage and preach from the drum cage, you'd be like, that's kind of, that's different. <laughs> that's a little... What do you do when God has you in places that don't make sense to you? What do you do when God has you in situations that don't make sense to you? And it makes you feel awkward. You know you feel awkward because there's that little bit of your energy that shifts from awkward to angry. Because you're mad because you're not comfortable. But I need you to get a teaspoon of hood in your cup tonight, please, in the building. And online, I just need you to look at somebody and say, what you so angry for? What you? For, you got to say it like that. If you said for, that's disobedience. (laughs) For. See, when you're awkward, when things are awkward, it shifts to angry, to anger. If somebody puts you on the spot, how many people you don't like to be put on the spot? And then somebody puts you on the spot. I've told all this story before. I remember when I was a kid. I was a kid. I was a teenager. And this guy, it's a house party. You know, some of y'all know this. It was in North Denver. It was a house party in North Denver. And, uh, and so, you know, I, I was, you know, I was a leader and all that kind of stuff. But when it came to those type of settings, uh, don't put me, you know, just let me stay over here. Let me oversee from the corner. And then I'll send people. I'll be like, she doing too much. Go tell her she doing too much. <laughs> Shut her down. <laughs> tell her to go pick it up. She dropped it. Tell her to go pick it up. Pick that up. So I was a teenager. It was a you know good Christian house party. Good Christian house party. It ain't the stuff they do at night, you know. It's a good Christian house party. And house party. And that's funny. And and then so this guy, he he he, he was a singer. This guy walks over to me and he starts talking to me and I and I just knew. I just I said, I know what you finna do, you low down scoundrel. I said, I know what you finna do. And so he walks over, he's talking to me. And so when he's talking to me, he 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 he, he then stops the whole party. Stops all the music. And he was like, he said something. I don't remember what he said, but he was like, dance check or something like something like that. Something he said. And he was tall, so he did this over me. I'm like, you don't be pointing at me. Like this here. So, so he did this. 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 And so, and so in the middle of the party, they bring me to the middle of the dance floor. It's winter. I got on corduroy and a sweater. I used to sweat profusely. I lost 45 pounds of sweat because I'm standing in the middle of the floor. And watch me, because I'm not, I was not that type of person at that time, you know, I'm not, you know, I ain't finna do, I ain't finna dance, I ain't not finna do all of that. I know church music. Now, if you want me to direct y'all, I can direct y'all. I, I know that. I don't know none of this. So they start the music. I don't know what the song was. They start the music. Music is going. And he's like, come on, you know, let's move. And then so people started getting around me. I'm like. Then, then, I can't tell you that part. But he, but, but, but the little girl, shut up, Aaron. But the little girl, but the little, but the little girl, but the girl, but the girl. So, 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 so the, the, the woman whose birthday party was, he said, this way, this, I was a teenager. No, no, I need to, I need y'all because, because send me a crazy email. I email back, okay? I'm gonna send somebody to do it, okay? So, so, so he, he's, I'm a teenager. So he has the girl on the party. He's like, break him off. I said, no, keep it to yourself. I, 
So I'm a teenager, my girlfriend right there. I'm like, break, no, don't break me up, nothing. No, stay over there. So as she started walking over, I said, Jesus, get me out of this. Jesus, get me out of this. Because I already knew this was going to be a whole mess. So, so, so the moment is so awkward. If I say awkward, I'm standing in the middle of this hot basement, just feeling awkward. I make my way back to my corner, and I promise myself that day he gonna wish he never. So when he applied to work for me a few years later. I said, oh, remember? <laughs> but what did it teach me? It taught me that what felt so awkward in one moment, that when I looked back at it, I was like, that was so dumb to feel awkward. Look at me. If I just played along and went along, watch me, it wouldn't have felt so awkward. This is what are you trying to teach me? Some of you all, you tense up when things are awkward. So you make a moment worse than it is because you're overreacting. It Wednesday. Touch somebody next to you. Say, stop overreacting. Say, stop making it such a big deal. Tell them, so you got this because God's got you. So Hebrews 10.35, we're done. Hebrews 10.35 says, do not throw away your confidence. I have to be confident even if I'm not comfortable. Do not throw away your confidence, which means their confidence is something you have to willingly give up. Because if it can be thrown away, that implies it cannot be taken. So you said, the devil took my confidence. Mm -mm, you gave it to that mark. And to everybody under the sound of my voice, watch me, in the next seven minutes, you're about to take it back. Every area of your life where your confidence has been lacking, you're about to regain it. Every area of your life where you threw away your confidence, you're about to see that your confidence is going to be richly rewarded. So what is confidence? Confidence is the feeling, this is going to shout me, or belief that one can rely on someone or something. Watch me. It's a feeling and a belief, which means confidence is both spiritual and natural. Because I believe that I can rely on somebody, but I also feel like I can rely on somebody. You, you ever knew that you could rely on somebody because their track record, let's talk, suggested that you knew they were going to be in place and do what they were supposed to do? Watch me. This is my belief that even if I can't trace God, let's talk, I can trust God because his track record shows me that he's never, ever, 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 never, never let me down before. And if he's never let me down before, somebody say he won't let me down now. But it's not just a belief which is spiritual, it is a feeling which is natural, which means I feel better because I believe better. I feel better because I believe better, which means I don't just believe in God. The demons do that. Baby, I believe God, which means I know that even if I'm not comfortable, he's going to show up. Even if I don't know how it's going to work, he's going to show up. Even if it feels like I'm running out of time, God's about to show up. When I came to tell somebody in this building and online, God says, I need you to get your confidence back. Please, Wednesday, lay your hands on yourself. Say, I got to get my confidence back tonight. 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 Oh, Y'all a little too passive for me. Say, I have to get my confidence back tonight. You let that relationship make you throw your confidence away. And you think because one mark don't want you that that, oh, that's me, that's one person. You let, you let that business that failed make you lose your confidence and you threw it away. You'll start another business and you'll learn from the mistakes you made in your first business. And your second business will be way more profitable than your first. What if I told you that you could snatch your confidence back? Watch me right now. On the count of three in the building end of line for everybody where you know there's some areas you need to snatch your confidence back, I want to hear what the confidence of what a confident worship sounds like. One, two, three, go. I can snatch it back. 
I can snatch it back. I threw it away, but I'm going to get it back. I gave it up, but I'm going to get it back. I threw it away, but I'm going to get it back. Come on, elbow somebody say, get it back right now. So look at this last definition. It means firm trust. We're about done with saying it means firm trust. What does it mean? Firm trust, which means pay attention. He says, not only do I have a belief that makes me feel better, he says, but I got firm trust, which means this is not just trust. This is firm trust, which means I know that 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 I know and my no knows that I know and my no knows that I know because I know and my no knows and my nose knows that I know that I know that I can trust God. You ready? Even when you don't feel like you can trust yourself. Many of you, you don't think things over, you overthink things. Because you go back and forth. You a whole Aaliyah song. Back, back, forth, and forth. You know what you did? You went nowhere. You talking about, ooh, look at this. You ain't done nothing. You went back, you went back, you went forward, you went forward. It means you back where you started, but you've now used energy that was supposed to be used to go forward. He's like, oh, I'm doing a lot. Have you ever seen somebody talk about how busy they are? And you're like, well, where are your movement? Where, where, where's the fruit? Where's the fruit? Where's the fruit? Where's the fruit? Oh, but say firm trust. Firm. Bible says, Hebrews 10.35, look at the scripture. He says, do not throw away your confidence. Question, what's been making you throw it away? What's been making you give up your confidence? What's been making you now live in a place of doubt, which is to question what you believe, and unbelief, which is a willful choice not to believe? What has been doing this to you so much that here's what you did? Because, see, your confidence is like your boxing gloves. Let me have, let me, have, come, come here, darling. Let me, let me, let me, I need, put these on for me. Put these on for me. Put these on for me. Come on up here. The Lord has need of you. All right? I want, I want to tell you, because, see, your confidence, if you don't have them, that means you keep fighting with your hands. So the reason your, your battles bloody you the way they do is because you're fighting them without confidence. Wednesday, I'm about to walk up out here. So, so watch me. When you fight your battle, you got to make sure that you got your gloves on. Got I got you. That's going to work. I got you. You ready? Okay, when you fight your battle, you got to make sure that you have your gloves on. Okay? Because you're going to fight some stuff, watch me, that's taller than you. You're going to fight some stuff that looks insurmountable. Watch me. You're going to fight some stuff that you're like, I can't do this. You're going to fight some stuff that makes you say, God, where are you at? Why aren't you helping me? And God says, I am helping you. I'm on your hands. I am helping you. You want me to do the fighting for you. I'm not going to do that. Instead, there are some battles that he'll fight, but there's some battles you're going to have to stay there and you're going to have to fight. But watch me, your confidence is your gloves, which means, watch me, every time I throw a punch, watch me, I'm not being hurt by throwing that punch. Why? Because my confidence covered me. Ah! Open up your mouth. Say, my confidence is covering me. But notice what he said, don't throw it away. So here's what happens. If your enemy gets a couple of hits on you, now all of a sudden, you're taking your gloves off. Now you're mad. Now you at the house with the lights off. Now you're depressed. Now you got anxiety. And, and, and watch me. And the problem is, but your enemy didn't move. Your battle didn't cease. Watch me. So you threw your confidence down. Y'all, we got to go. You threw your confidence down. But now you're fighting, and now you're fighting without the thing you need to win. Because pay attention, your enemy didn't have confidence. Oh, God. Your enemy didn't have what it was that you had, which means you already had an advantage in the battle. And for some of you tonight, your confidence is about to hit your body again. Your confidence is about to hit your mind again. Your confidence is about to hit your spirit again. Come on, somebody shout confidence. Come on, shout confidence. Look at somebody say, your confidence is coming back. Tell somebody else say, your confidence is coming back. And it has a great reward. So how do I get it back? 
I got to pick it back up from where I threw it to. I got to pick it back up. This is why I need the word. It's my confidence. This is why I got to come to church. It's my confidence. This is why I worship. It's my confidence. This is why I praise him. It's my. This is why I give like I do. It's my. Come on, Wednesday shop. My confidence is coming back. And it's going to be richly rewarded. I'm about to take one punch and knock my enemy out. Y'all ain't going to talk to me. Y'all ain't going to talk to me. Please. Touch three people. Say your confidence is coming back. Your confidence. Your confidence. Your confidence. Your confidence. And you're going to walk with authority. And you're going to walk with power. And you're going to walk with clarity. And you're going to walk with certainty. Your confidence is coming back. Your confidence is coming back. Everybody's staying in the building and no line. Everybody's staying in the building and no line. Say, my confidence is coming back. So now we see 2 Timothy 2 1. How do confident people live? For some of you, here's, here's your first part. My son, be submitted. Confident people are submitted. Only people who lack confidence fear submission. They fear submission because they think that covering is smothering. Question, who are you submitted to? Who are you submitted to? Who, 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 who going to check you, boo? And if it's, a, if it's your equal, that's not submission. Submission flows up. I'm a man of God in authority, but I'm a man of God under authority. This is why God gives you a pastor. This is why God gives you a man of God to be submitted to. Get under that mission. Confident people don't have a problem with submission. It's insecure people that do. Because they feel like submitting is going to take away their sense of identity. Not realizing submitting is what gives you identity. Then what does he say? Be strong. Say be strong. strong. We're done. Confident people know how to be strong even when they don't feel like they are strong. Let me prove it to you. You ever got on a meeting, didn't know what was going on, but you had to be strong in that meeting. And you handle that thing. Everybody like, what an amazing job you did. You're like, I had no clue what we were talking about. Touch the neighbor say, you have to be strong. He says, be constantly strengthened and empowered in the grace that is to be found only in Christ Jesus. Which means confident people know how to manage their personhood. They know how to manage their personhood. Which means confident people say, I'm going to get me together. When confident people realize they've been messing up, confident people say, look, you ain't even got to say nothing to me. You, you ain't even got to say, watch me. Com- I, I was so proud. Somebody came to me on Sunday and said, sir, you ain't even got to say nothing. I know exactly. I said, well, you, you checked yourself. I have nothing to say. Praise him. Don't do that no more. You're going to be frying fish in the morning. Okay? Okay? You check yourself. And then you check your personality. Confident people realize when they're off. They know that if they're off, they need to take a couple minutes and get their attitude together. Confident people will say, let me call you right back. Because if I talk to you right now, it ain't going to be confidence. It's going to be cussing. So give me, give me, give me, give me one, one minute. Hold, please. I'll you right back. Ready? Verse 2. The things which you have heard, the doctrine, the precepts, the admonitions, the some of my ministry, which you've heard me teach. So confident people and leaders, they listen up. Confident people are always listening up to be poured into. And here's the problem many of you have, is you're trying to get your confidence from who you're supposed to pour into. Y'all are... Confidence has to be poured down. It can't come from the bottom up. So this is why I just do all of this for all these people and I just feel so weak because you were trying to be poured into from what you pour into. But this is why you get a leader so that that leader can pour into you so that you can pour into them and you remain confident. Leaders listen up. They don't look down. You ready? He says, entrust these to reliable and faithful men. Confident people know how to manage people. Confident people don't let you ain't finna run my day. Confident people say, hey, 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 you got a little attitude problem. Go stand over there and get it together. I'm grown. Well, act like it. 
But you come in here with that problem again, you're going to be frying fish in the morning. Everybody practice this saying. It's good for you. It's good for you. Look at the person next to you and say, if you don't do right, you're going to be frying fish in the morning. Tell them. Come on, it's a good saying. Come on, we're almost done. Come on, stand with me. We're almost done. We're almost done. We're almost done. He says, who will be capable and qualified teachers of others. So confident people, they, they know how to selectively pour. Confident people say, that's not going to be, that ain't worth that. It's not. Everybody look at me. Every fight is not worth fighting because there's nothing to win. Let me tell you what I learned. If I can't get no belt from it, I don't care. Well, you're just going to let someone, so they're going to dig wrong. They're going to do what they want to do. Ain't no belt in that for me. And I'm not going to lose my confidence getting in a street fight when I'm called to stage battles. Come on, look at the person next to you say, stop being hood. Because some of y'all, you real bourgeois, you real bougie, but you fight every little fight. So when you said yes in all caps, what I'm not fighting with you about that. Get out of my face. But I'm just trying to see what's going on. Stop. Confident people realize there's nothing to win, so there's no reason to fight. Even with you married people, some of you married people, let me tell you, you're too petty. Because you, you want everything, you want to fight about it. Everything. Everything. But I thought you wanted Chinese. But no, what I said is I wanted Asian. Girl, bye. Get out of my face. Get out of my face. Get out of my face. Get out of my whole face. Get out of my, my whole face. <laughs> you ready? There's no reason to fight. So now y'all mad going to eat pizza, but neither one of y'all won't. <laughs> it's quiet in this building. Say, Lord, restore my confidence. Take with me your share. We're done. Take with me your share of hardship. So confident people like to remove the burdens of the people they're following. Confident people find confidence in relieving the burdens of somebody they follow. You know what strengthens me is when I make something happen for my leader. When I make something happen for my leader, I just, look, and I got enough stuff to make happen for myself. When I make stuff happen for my leader, I just, I, there's a confidence that comes. Like, if I, I got this done and this done and this done and this done, you got it? He gave me a new task. I said, yes, sir. Done. Done. I had enough stuff to do. But, but watch me. But I make sure that I remove the burdens of who I'm following. Because I need him to keep his poor so that I can keep my poor. Hear me, Harvest. You need me to keep my poor so you can keep your poor, which means what you got to do is say, what can I take off my leader instead of putting stuff on my leader? Because if I put stuff on my leader, he can't pour, which means I can't be poured into, which means now there's going to be a deficit. You ready? He said, you, uh, share with me uh, with hard, uh, take with me your share of hardship, which you are called to endure, which means confident people are solutionists. Confident people say, Lord, what's the solution here? Lift your hand. Say, Lord, show me every solution to every problem I'm in right now. Like a good soldier. Soldiers have weapons. You're going to have to manage possessions. Confident people keep up with their stuff. How quiet it got? Confident people are going to find their stuff. If you can't manage what you have now, then why would you ask God to trust you with more? Verse 4, no soldier in active service. Confident people serve. See, see, if you're not in active service, you're in the reserves. And when you're in the reserves, heaven has to reserve. Because there are certain things that only belong to active soldiers. The reservists don't have the same set of benefits as those that. Am I talking or am I talking? Huh? He said, why are you engaged in these civilian affairs? So confident people have to manage plans. You know what I discovered? Lord, I'm going to make a plan, and I expect you to change everything I write down. That way, I ain't mad. I'm going to make a whole plan. I got plans and plans and plans. I said, now, Lord, you do what you're going to do because you God. And you got to do what I can't do. But my confidence doesn't go down because pl- I didn't get my way in my plan. Look at the neighbor and say, stop crying. Be confident. 
He says, get out of civilian affairs. Stay out of mess. Confident people don't like mess. Confident people don't care nothing about your gossip. When you walk over and say, girl, did you hear confident people like, uh-uh, oh Man, did you hear, uh-uh, just, just, just write me a note. Don't even come to me with no mess. Look at the person on your left and right and say, don't come to me with no mess. So you can please the one that enlisted you. Confident people are great leaders because they are great followers to their leaders. Question. Could it be that part of your confidence lacking is because you've been lacking? But tonight, reach out, grab the hand of the person next to you in the building and no line. I just want you to squeeze it because everybody's going to leave out of here confident. Everybody's going to log off confident. You're going to have a reliable trust and feeling. Belief, excuse me, and feeling, which means it's spiritual and natural. Say, Lord, for the hand I hold. For those of you online, stretch your hands towards me. Just say, for the hand I hold, I pray their confidence be restored into them. I pray their confidence increase. I pray they leave this experience more confident than they came. I pray that from this day forward, there be a noticeable difference in their confidence. They won't be arrogant. They will be confident. Them that know their God shall be strong and do great exploits. I speak greater in their life over these last 14 days. Let their life be greater because their confidence is greater. Let their life be greater because their confidence is greater. In Jesus' name, three, two, one. Praise him like you know your confidence is greater. Praise him like you know your confidence is greater. Praise him like you know your confidence is greater. Hallelujah. 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 Say, Lord, restore my confidence. Let me see right. Let me hear right. Let me think right. Let me walk right. Let me talk right. With confidence, I let go of what held me down. I let go of what held me back. Restore my confidence. Restore my confidence. Restore my confidence. In Jesus' name. What does confidence look like? What does confidence sound like? What does confidence praise like? What does confidence shout like? What does confidence dance like? What does confidence walk like? What does shout confidence? It has a great reward. It has a great reward. Heads bowed, eyes closed. You can be seated. If you're in this building or online, or you can stand, either one. You can roll on the floor if you'd like to. Just be confident when you do it. <laughs> you better roll like you know you're supposed to roll. Or we're going to stop you and say what you're rolling for. Heads bowed, eyes closed in this building and online. If you need to become a Christian, tonight's your night. Secondly, if you give your life to the Lord, you've not been faithful. Tonight's your night. Thirdly, if you're like Mr. Foreman, I don't know where things stand with God, but I want to be sure tonight, wherever you're at, in this building or online, when I count to three, you're going to simply slip your hand up in the building or online. You're going to do the hand wavy emoji and say, it's me. One. No guilt, no condemnation, no shame. Bishop, what's the gospel? The gospel is the good news. The good news is that all of the bad news is wrong. One two, three. If that's you, slip that hand up in this building or line to the hand wavy emoji and say it's me. Come on church, let's release a confident celebration for those coming to the Lord tonight. Everybody pray this for me in the building and online. Pray it with confidence. Confidence don't just, Lord, you know, if you wouldn't mind. Mm -mm. Confidence talks like this. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for your love for me. 
I confess with my mouth, I believe in my heart that you are my Lord and my Savior. Give me the grace to be a faithful Christian from this day forward. If I fall or if I fail, give me the confidence to get back up again. You love me unconditionally. In Jesus' name, I am confident. Amen. Hallelujah. If you just prayed that prayer for the first time or recommitted yourself to the Lord, scan the QR code or text Harvest. To Did you make a decision to become a Christian for the first time or recommit your life to Jesus? We want to help you make Christianity a lifestyle and not just a hobby. So just text the word decision to 55498 we'll send simple next steps so you know what to do next. We're praying for you and congratulations. Remember, your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. Whether a date night or family holiday outing, Meadowlark's Winter Walk of Lights is the perfect way to experience the magic of the holidays. The half-mile walk through Vienna's enchanting Meadowlark Botanical Gardens features lighted nature themes and sparkling displays. Get your tickets now at winterwalkoflights.com. Extend your holiday season and beat the rush with a weeknight visit in November or early December. Plan your visit and buy tickets at winterwalkoflights.com. That's winterwalkoflights.com. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.